Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Hope you enjoy the day off, whatever it is you're going to do. Uh, I have packed show today. I have first up Lori Rader Day. She's joining us, and uh, she's an award-winning writer, and she's got a new book out, and she's going to join us right now. Good morning, Lori. Morning, Janine. So congratulations on your latest book. Uh, I was wondering if you could start off by just telling us a little bit about it. Sure. Under a Dark Sky is the story of a young widow who has discovered in her husband's effects a reservation for the guest house at a dark sky park. Mm. And a dark sky park, these are real things. There are places where during the day you can visit and go hiking, but at night you can visit and see the stars the way nature intended. And our widow is um, pretty stuck in life, a little stuck in her grief, and she's ready to break out of it. So she decides to keep that reservation, even though she has developed a fear of the dark um, since her husband's death. And she gets there. She thinks, this is the retreat I need. I'm going to get out of my fear. Yes. When she's there, it's full of people and oh. not a retreat at all. And by morning, one of them is dead. So she stays on to, um, because she has to. She's sort of a part of that. Wow. How did you come up with this story? <laughs> um, the location came first. As soon as I heard about Dark Sky Parks, I knew I needed to write about one of them. And I've always sort of been um, into the constellations and the stars, so I was interested in that to begin with. But, um, you know, a chance to write about them was too good a chance to pass up. I researched Dark Sky Parks to see if anybody had written about them yet. And as far as I could find and as far as I know to date, I'm still the first person to write a novel set in a Dark Sky Park. Incredible. So give me a little bit more detail about Dark Sky Preserves and Dark Sky Parks. I've never heard yeah. of it. <laughs> so they are designated spaces by the International Dark Sky Association, which is an organization that works to preserve dark sky so that we can all enjoy the benefits um, and also to head off what might be serious health uh, repercussions of having no dark sky. Mm-hmm. So uh, they designate parks that do the work to contain their artificial light so that you can visit and see the night sky. There are also very remote locations that get designated spot sky places by the IDA, such as, uh, you know, there's an island, I think, off the coast of England that the entire island is a dark sky reserve. Wow. You know, I had never heard about this. This is why I was so intrigued to have you on the show. (laughs) great. I got to visit one as part of my research. Uh, in fact, the one that I borrowed pretty much whole cloth from my story is the Headlands International Dark Sky Park, which is at the very tippy top fingertips of the lower peninsula of Michigan. It's a real place. I borrowed uh, almost everything about it, although I changed the name of the park in the book okay. because I wasn't sure how they would feel about having their beautiful park turned into a fictional crime scene. Um, but they've actually been very cool about it. I actually spoke at one of their star party events there a couple of weeks ago. Great. Good. They should be. I mean, because a lot of people perhaps haven't heard of them, and maybe they'll come and visit. I'm hoping that I'm getting their name out there. Yeah, it's a great place. I would think so. So tell me, how did you become a writer? I have been a writer probably since I was about six or seven. I was a big reader. My parents read me stories when I was little, you know probably a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I was a big user of my town library when I was young, 
And then one day I was reading one of my Ramona Quimby stories that I loved so much, and I realized there was a name on the cover of the book that was not Ramona Quimby. And I, I wondered, who is this person? What, why, what is she, what's her name doing on this book that I love so much? Okay. And I realized, oh, this is the person who put this story together. There are people who make these stories possible, and maybe I could be one of those people. So I wrote all through my childhood, you know, junior high, high school, college. But when I got out of college, it was a lot harder to make time for writing. And I actually gave it up for a few years, about five years. I didn't write a single word for myself. I had also, at that point, gotten a writing job. Um, You know, my career job was uh, writing really great articles for healthcare organizations. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't what I wanted to be writing. No, it doesn't sound like so, it. No. So I, I got serious about it. I went back to school and got a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing and really spent the time. It was really just about you have to spend the time in the chair or you just won't have anything to work with or you won't get any better. Now, for anybody who's listening who's a writer, do you have places that inspire you to write? I mean, I know when I travel, I bring a notebook, and I'm constantly writing things down. What's mm-hmm. your process like? I usually travel with my laptop. I'm a much uh, more engaged writer, I guess, with the story if I bring my laptop. Yes. Um, but if I'm having trouble with that engagement, that's where the notebook comes in handy. I do carry a notebook with me at all times, usually one notebook per project. Uh, per novel, so I have my novel notebook, and I'll I'll go to that if I need to noodle out some ideas or jot down some ideas I'm having, so that I can work on them later. But um, places that are uh, creativity, I I love working in coffee shops. I can work at home. I can work in silence. I can work in noise. I can work in listening to music. But I really like the no- the sound of a coffee shop around me when I'm working. You don't mind the noise of everybody coming in and out and all the equipment? <laughs> and doesn't um, I don't mind the, the general noise. It's actually very nice. Mm-hmm. It's, it, as long as no one sits right next to me at the next table and whips out their uh, cell phone, right. we're all fine. But when that person <laughs> does that, then it, there's a problem. I shoot dirty looks. <laughs> See, I just, I wear, <laughs> I just wear ear earbuds, you know, and I just tune it out. I definitely travel with earbuds. I have about six pairs of earbuds. I also have a pair of noise-canceling headphones, which are amazing, and uh, that will help for all but the most uh, annoying cell phone users. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Any advice for people that are working on something and they're struggling a little bit? Yeah, I think one of the best things I ever did was to find my tribe to find other writers who were working toward the same goal that I was working toward. For me, that was mystery writing organizations. But there are organizations for all kinds of writing, romance, science fiction, all of it. So find maybe the writing association for the kind of writing that you're doing. If there is no writing association or you can't find it, a writer's group, even just one other person that you are exchanging pages with, can get you most of the way you need to go. Someone who knows that you should be working when you're not. Right. So here's a question for you. The name of my show is Get the Funk Out. (laughs) And I always love to ask people, what do you do? Because this is a tough industry. How do you stay positive? What do you do to take care of yourself? Well, I read. Um, Writing takes up most of my time, so it's hard to make time for reading, which is, of course, how I got to be a writer. 
So once in a while, I just put everything down and I pick up a book. I just really want to read. And that can be really, um, just it just revitalizes you to remember this is what I'm trying to do. Um, you know, hang out with friends. Next week I'm going to a mystery writing conference. It's called VoucherCon. Oh, it moves wow. around, but this year it's in St. Petersburg, Florida. Nice. And I'll be hanging out with all my mystery friends. We've got mystery camp. Uh, you know, we <laughs> see each other once a year, maybe some of them. And it's just, it really energizes you, reminds you that your ticket to this community that you really want to stay in is to keep writing. Yes. Yeah. And you do have to connect with people face-to-face. It can't just be online. Yeah, I mean, the online is good for in-between times, but there's nothing like having just a really great conversation in the bar, of course, mm-hmm. of the conference. It's, that's <laughs> where all the, the great conversations occur. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah, there's nothing like it. Did you always picture yourself um, doing mystery writing? You know, I didn't. Um, when I was young and used in that library, I did read mystery. I didn't read Nancy Drew, but I read everything else. And, you know, Agatha Christie, Mary Higgins Clark were my first adult novels when I was not an adult, about 10 or 11. I loved them. But then when I started writing, it was mostly just mainstream stories. I guess literary is the word that... Um, it's used a lot, and I just sort of forgot. But then one of my stories, when it got long, and my teacher said, oh, that's because it's not a story, it's a novel, you should keep writing, there was a crime in it in the first 15 pages. Okay. And it turns out that if you have a crime in your stories, maybe you're writing your crime story. So I was, I was lucky enough to get connected with some people very early in that process who said, you know, you, you might want to check out this group or you might want to check out that conference. And I definitely found my people. I feel like um, a lot of your writing could be films or, or shows. Well, I hope that you are correct one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. It's uh, quite a process from what I understand, oh, but I would love it that. Is. It is. Uh, because there, there's an impact environmentally with uh, dark sky preserves, correct? Yeah, a lot of what we think about um, what's happening with, like, say, uh, wildlife, you know, they, they can't find habitats, they can't uh, hunt, they can't uh, fulfill their migratory patterns. A lot of that has to do with uh, too much light pollution. It's um, blinding them, it's taking them away from their patterns, and they don't make it to their mating grounds, and so then generations of birds, for instance, are, are being destroyed. Um, and that's all light pollution. You know, we've been learning a lot about blue light on your phones, on your laptops, and how you shouldn't go to bed with that in your face. Right. Because then it affects your sleep patterns. It's the same kind of thing, but just on a, a bigger scale. So that's why the dark sky parks are trying to preserve, that's why the idea is trying to preserve dark sky everywhere, anywhere they can. Well, it's a really fascinating topic. Um, where can people find out more about you? Well, I'm at LoriRadaDay.com and Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let me just spell that for everybody. L-O-R-I-R-A-D-E-R-D-A-Y.com. Any yep. last bit of uh, info or advice you'd like to leave listeners with? You know, um, it sounds like you have a lot of people listening who might be writers, and I think just sit down and write. It feels really good to do the work, and that will keep you going. It feels worse when you don't. (laughs) It's very bad when you don't. Doesn't it? It (laughs) nags at you. It haunts you. It's pretty much like a backpack you're wearing all the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you have this voice, like, you know, the self-hate, like, what are you doing? You're, wasting your time. <laughs> you're not allowed to watch TV. You're not allowed to read a book. You're not allowed to do anything else unless you've done your work. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, it's been great having you on. Uh, congratulations again, and best of luck to you. Thank you so much, Janine. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Bye-bye. That was Lori Raider Day talking about her latest uh, book, and if you missed any part of this, it is up on the show blog. Well, right now, just her bio is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And her latest book, Dark Sky, uh, you can also visit darksky.org for more info on that. And again, her website is, I'm scrolling to the bottom here, uh, Lori, L-O-R-I, R-A-D-E-R-D-A-Y.com. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock, and KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We're on Instagram at KUCI-FM, Tumblr, blog.kuci.org, and Facebook at KUCI 88.9. We'll take a short break, and then I have several more guests calling in. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. <laughs> 